Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Howdy, church. Good to see you. If you're joining with us online, we're glad that you're with us as well. Who you spend time with forms who you become. Who you spend time with forms who you become. For those of us who are parents, we know this uh, very true statement. We know this to be true because we tell our kids that all the time, right? When they were growing up and, and we, we wanted them to understand that you are one relationship away from your life being completely changed for good or for bad. And that fact does not change when we reach adulthood. We uh, are always, always being formed by the people we spend the most time with because we live through school or we're in school and we know that uh, peer pressure is a, is a real thing, right? And sometimes uh, we are not the ones being pressured to do something. We are the ones pressuring others to do those things. Some of us, we've got some stories we could tell about times we did try to get someone to do something they didn't want to do because they knew they weren't supposed to do it. Uh, back in the day, I had a, a four-wheeler and we kept this at a family friend's house. And uh, their, their house, their property was perfect for this because they had a very big yard and they also backed up to an elementary school, which had a big property. Uh, and then they also had some woods and trails uh, over very close to them as well. So we had options on what we would do when we get the four-wheeler out. So one summer day, I wanted to be really cool and show my friend how cool I was because I had this cool four-wheeler and this place to ride it. And so we went out and we took turns riding the four-wheeler. Now today, this was a summer day and so... We, we thought, you know what, hey, no one's at the school, let's just go rip it up, you know, uh, because they had some uh, baseball fields there, full dirt infields, uh, and we just felt like that was going to be a great place for us to take that four-wheeler and tear that dirt up, because that's what you do with a four-wheeler, amen. Okay, some amens. Okay, some of you are tracking. So we we spent a lot of time doing burnouts and donuts and going as fast as we could to throw up as much dirt as we could uh, during this day. And it was great. We were taking turns back and forth. And uh, this particular moment, I can remember very clear, uh, it was my friend's turn. So I'm standing in the yard waiting for him to be done riding the four-wheeler because I'm like ready for my turn. And he took a while. And he went uh, past the, the school building and he was on the other side. So I didn't know where he was. I was just kind of waiting. Uh, and, and, and eventually he came barreling around the corner, coming back toward me. And so I'm like, hey, man, it's finally my turn. Oh, no. He wasn't the only one barreling toward me. <laughs> there was a police car with its sirens chasing him as he was coming right toward me. And I'm thinking... Like, don't go toward me. Like, I, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just watching here, you know. Uh, and so, no, he decides to just crank it all the way. He does not stop for the police officer. Uh, he comes all the way back to the yard and he stops. And we get to talk to this police officer who's not very happy because, unbeknownst to us, while we thought we were just enjoying uh, this school's property uh, without anyone being in the building, well, there was a custodian in the building who saw us, and he probably wasn't very happy with what we were doing. So uh, we had a conversation with the police officer, and I was scared out of my mind. I thought I was going to jail. I was like 11, and I was not excited for that, you know? Like, just not, didn't, didn't seem like the movies would uh, make it a fun place to be, you know? 
And so I'm freaked out and crying. You know, I was crying. Just admit it. I was crying. And uh, they, I think the police officer, she had uh, mercy on us because instead of taking us in, which she could have, I guess, uh, and had had a record, you know, uh, she decided to let us uh, make up for what we did by raking, hand raking those fields, five of them, big, large infields that had all dirt that took the rest of the day and another day. I learned a valuable lesson that day um, that maybe I shouldn't do that. It was a pretty clear lesson, but, you know, who we spend time with forms who we become. It was my fault that my friend was in that position, uh, had, uh, you know, daylight scared out of him because of a police car chasing him. Um, but who we spend time with forms who we become, and that is true, that goes far beyond just a, a summer afternoon riding a four-wheeler uh, on some property you shouldn't be on. It goes to every moment of our lives. We are around people. When we are around people, we are formed by those people. And a lot of us were formed by our childhoods, formed by what we grew up understanding. That's uh, a lot of us believe lies, which we talked about last series in Battle Zone. We believe lies, and those lies stay with us. And we uh, create narratives, that stories that perpetuate those lies. And those are the ways that we operate. And, and not only that, but the people we spend around, spend time with, it forms. They they help form who we become spiritually and and holy. And uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. You know, whether it's your, your coach, your friend, your teacher, uh, your, your family, your, your, your job, your boss, your community group leader, uh, whoever it is, we are always being formed by people. And we are, if, if you follow Jesus, this is what you decided when you decided to surrender to Jesus. And that is, Jesus is going to be in charge of forming who I am. That's what our desire is, right? Because he's the king, he knows best, and he knows what is best for us. And so we want to submit ourselves to being formed by him. But uh, every day we battle against being formed by other people. And sometimes that formation is not positive. And not only that, but not only just in-person people, but we live in this thing called the information age. And we've got this thing called the internet. And at any given time, we can consume more information than our brains have capacity to filter and handle. Uh, and so we, a lot of times, are living lives frantically because we are being shaped by the people who are on screens who are using fear and anger to try and motivate us to believe what they want us to believe, to do what they want us to do, and to think the way they want us to think. And, and it's no wonder why that a lot of us in, in this day and age, we are living lives that don't feel like the good life. We feel stressed out out of our minds. Whether it's you're on social media, if you spend any time on social media, you spend any time watching the news, any time reading some articles, any time uh, watching YouTube videos, any time on TikTok, you are being formed by all those places. And it's not always form formation that is driving you to be more like Jesus. And so today, um, what we're going to look at is this, the reality that a lot of us, I, I just, maybe maybe for me, I can just maybe assume that some of you are on the same page that... I mean, have you have you been feeling depleted? Do you feel depleted? Like, like if you were a car, you'd be really close to E. Just really low energy. You're just tired. You're exhausted. Um, maybe some of us, we, we feel not just depleted, but we feel weary because we think about the future holds and we, we are hearing all these things that may be going on and, and we're worried about what is to come and we are, we are frantically uh, trying to fix what we see and what we don't see and what we don't understand and what we're trying to understand and we think about the future and we don't think positive things. Are you feeling weary? 
And some of us, because of we've been through a pandemic and we got to, into some uh, habits and we've not been maybe flexing our, our relationship muscles, we feel isolated to add on to that. And so depleted, weary, isolated is not a good recipe, friends. And so maybe if you resonate with one, two, three of those things, then maybe what God wants to do is to give you a different path forward to live the good life because that's not the good life and none of us would ever admit that it is. And I think what God wants to do is instead of living depleted, weary, isolated lives, he wants to give us a pathway to have full lives, to be hopeful and purposeful with our time. So depleted, weary, isolated, maybe we could live full, hopeful purposeful. If that sounds good, then you can turn to Romans chapter 12. Uh, That's where we're going to be as we continue uh, week three of the good life as we are walking through uh, the the book of Romans chapter 12, just verse by verse. This is what he says in verse 11. This is what Paul says. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. So as Jeff pointed out last week, he's really given us a rapid fire of, of uh, insights and exhortations, things that we ought to be, things that we ought to do. He's given us actions uh, and attitudes, attitudes that spur those actions on and attitudes that will help us live those actions out and actions that will further the attitude that is rightly following Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. And so he gives us this and he's constantly giving us these little nuggets of advice. And so we're going to walk through these a uh, little bit by little bit, and hopefully we get a clear picture of what it looks like to live the good life, to take another step forward. So do not l- lack diligence and zeal, he says. Do not lack diligence and zeal. <clears throat> that, what is he saying? He's saying, hey, y'all, don't be lazy. Like, that's really what he's saying. Don't be lazy. Uh, because what has he said? What, is, what has Paul done in the book of Romans? He's saying, hey, you are... are are loved by God, you are hopeless without Him, and that because of what Jesus has done, you are no longer defined by your sin, defined by your past, defined by your own opinion of yourself, defined by what the world wants to give you as far as an identity, no longer defined by how many likes you get or don't get, no no longer defined by what people say to you or how many people reach out to you. You are now only defined by what Jesus says about you, and He says you are worth it, and you are worth giving it all and that's what he did. And so in the book of Romans, Paul is walking through this, that you are now no longer uh, dead in your sin, but you are alive in Christ, and now you get to live a different kind of way, this good life. And he's saying, hey, um, maybe, just maybe, over the course of time, as you start to walk with Jesus and you follow him, uh, maybe over the course of time, as you get a little bit older, and this becomes a little bit more normal, you'll get to the point where you are no longer amazed at this truth. That you just get lazy. That no longer are you passionate about Jesus. You just kind of get comfortable with the fact that the creator of the universe, <laughs> who created the whole universe, all the planets, all the stars, the very fabric of the universe that holds everything together, physics itself, molecules, cells, every part of you loves you. Man, if you got comfortable with that, do not... Do not get lazy. Do not lack diligence and zeal. He's saying, hey, um, if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, don't lose the fire that that started. Like some of us, I think maybe it'd be like this. Uh, anybody like boats? You like getting on the water? 
Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Like, I really do want you to, like, interact. Uh, And if you say no, then you're like, no. Um, So if you like a boat, just if you don't like a boat, pretend you like a boat. Okay? Just for this moment. All right? Uh, Let's just say someone gave you a sailboat. Sweet. Right? Um, and, And you, like... Where they gave you a download where you downloaded all the information on how to do a sailboat, like how to do it, like how to operate, and you already, like, you know, all the questions for those type A people, like, well, do I know how to do it? Do I have a, do I have a truck that can pull the trailer? Like, all that. Yes, you got all that stuff, all right? Just, just go with me here. You got a sailboat. Someone gave it to you. It's the best kind of sailboat. The most amazing sailboat things that are on the sailboat. The sail itself is really cool. Like, maybe it's a picture of your face on it, like when it's pulled out. It'd be really awesome, right? It's not a Green Bay Packers logo, Bruce, I'm sorry. Uh, but it is awesome. Them, right? Um, uh, not Colts either, y'all. So just, you know, just so I can offend everyone. Um, and so it's this amazing sailboat. It's, it's awesome. It's stocked. It's ready. It's got the engine. So like you go up to Lake Michigan. Let's just say it's a nice day. It's summer. It's still summer. Uh, and um, you go up there and you, you get, the, get the boat, the sailboat in the water and you use the engine. You get out there to open water. And then you're like, huh, this is the life. And you sit down and you just enjoy you enjoy, but after an hour goes by, you just chilling, um, and you realize that you've not moved intentionally for an hour. Why? Because you forgot something. What'd you forget? What'd you forget? The sail. Thank you. Yes, it's a sailboat. Without the sail on the sailboat, you just have a boat that's just sitting there and is being, you know, taken, drifting, whatever. Um, I think what oftentimes happens is sometimes some of us we lose sight that. God gave us this amazing gift. He's given us this amazing salvation. And we just got lazy about it. We just sat there and we've not been moving purposefully at all. That's what laziness does, right? We just, when we're lazy, we just drift. We have no purpose, no, no direction. And, and he's saying, hey, don't do that. Uh, keep focused on the mission. Uh, pull that sail out and enjoy the, the wind pushing you, guiding you where you are wanting to go. He's saying, don't be lazy. But then he says this. Uh, do not like diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Be fervent in the spirit. That's a cool word, fervent. Uh, what is he saying? Be fervent in the spirit. Don't be lazy, but be passionate about the spirit of God in your life. Um, what is he saying? So this is what happens when you surrender to Jesus. Uh, not only are you made new, like you are reborn, new person. Now you are this baby Christian who needs to be reparented into the grace of God and the mercy of God. That's what discipleship is, by the way. That's what formation in Jesus looks like, is we are being reparented in light of God as our Heavenly Father. And so that's what He wants to do in us. And He doesn't just save you and say, here's your get-out-of-jail-free get card. You can go to heaven now. Uh, no, that's what he, not what He does. He says, yes, you are forgiven of your sins, but now uh, here's what God wants to do. He, he gives you the Holy Spirit. He indwells you, and then He starts to change you. So if you're the same person today that you were five years ago, and you've been following Jesus all five years, then have you been following Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit wants to change you. He wants to mold you. He wants to make you more joyful, make you more uh, courageous, makes you more, makes you more peaceful. He wants to change who you are in the very fabric of your being into the person he wants you to be. And that person he wants you to be is the best person you could be. And so the Holy Spirit starts to change you. And so what does it look like to be fervent in the Spirit? It means that no, no moment of your day are you without God's presence with you. In other words, there's never a moment in your life now, if you follow Jesus, you surrender to him, uh, there's never a moment you will be alone. 
if you felt isolated and you feel depleted, understand God's with you. So like this is what it changes. Like if you're going to be fervent in the spirit, it means that when you're when you're doing the laundry, you remind yourself, God's with me. When you are on your way to work and you don't want to be on your way to work, you remind yourself, God's with me. When you're on your way to work and you want to be on your way to work, God is with me. When you're getting ready for the day, God is with me. When your kids are not listening, God is with me. When your friends are not being friends, God is with me. When your family is not being family like you would want them to be, God is with me. Through the ups and the downs of life, being fervent in the Spirit is being aware of the presence of God with you. Think about it. How often... Uh, is your awareness of God at its height? Are you fully aware that, okay, in this moment, right here and now, God is with me? Uh, if you're anything like me, your awareness of God's presence in your life is like a roller coaster. Sometimes it's up, and sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's up. Some, when the life's going good, your awareness of God, sometimes it's down. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I got this all handled. Got it figured out. Ten point plan executed to the brim. We got it all worked out. And sometimes when life is bad, our awareness of God goes up. And it's not that God's never not with us. And it's not that we forgot it, like actually forgot that God's with us. But it's that our awareness level is always fluctuating. And so what would it look like for us to live life fully aware of God's full presence in all the moments of our day, it would change everything. It would change everything. And so God is with me, and I remind myself that I need this. See, you and I were created for God and to be with God. Um, Adam and Eve were created, and, and you know who was walking around in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? God was. Hanging out. Just chilling. Chillaxing. Enjoying the flowers, enjoying the plants, just, you guys were together. Adam and Eve, together. And what did sin do? It created the fractured relationship between us and God. And then what is what do we see in Scripture? We see the Israelites being in Egypt, and then they, they escape uh, slavery in Egypt, and then they're in this wilderness, and, and God starts to uh, continue to, to be with Moses. God is with Moses, but uh, he's, he's really with the people, but not with the individuals. And so what does he do? He has Moses build a tabernacle, a big tent. And inside of this tent is a place called the Holy of Holies. This is where God's presence resided in its fullness. Uh, and so whenever God would move, they would have to pack up and move. And, and then eventually they, they got into the promised land and they built what we call, what we know as the temple, the temple, which was a, just a building that, that they would go to worship God. The priests would, would lead that. And the inside of the temple, right in the, in the middle was the Holy of Holies. This was the place where only the high priest could go and he had to, to purify himself, um, before he could go in and, and he would need to go in there once a year. And, and make a sacrifice to God. But no one else could go in. No one else could f- enjoy the full presence of God. But then what we read in the Gospels is that when Jesus was on the cross and he died, the veil that covered the, temp- the, holy, the holy of holies inside of the temple, that veil was torn from top to bottom. You know what that means? Is that the presence of God was now not just for a select few, and you, had, you didn't need to go to a mediator, a priest, to enjoy the presence of God. 
the, the presence of God was now being unleashed on the world. And what we see the apostles doing is that they were given the Holy Spirit, and on the day of Pentecost, they, they went out and preached the message to the masses that Jesus is King, that Jesus is Lord, that you need to surrender to Him. And people who were baptized and surrendered to, to Jesus, they were given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so do you understand why there's no temple right now? In Israel, there's no temple. It's because you're the temple. There's no need for one. So the presence of God is now with you. And and it's very easy for us to just gloss over that and move on with our day. But what if God was right here, right now? He is right here right now. You see, this building right here um, is not the house of God. It's not. You are. You are. He resides in you. So it's like, oh, I shouldn't say that in church. <laughs> You're the church. It changes everything. It's not that you have to go to a place to go and worship God. It's that you are now worshiping God in spirit and in truth, just like Jesus told the Samaritan woman. And so this changes life, this changes our lives, um, that we can now live in light of God's presence. But that's not so easy, because life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns. Moments where we think we've got it figured out, moments that we don't. And it's easy for us to have our awareness of God fluctuate up and down, twists and turns, right? He goes on, and he says this. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. That, that Greek word for serve is, can also be translated slave. Be a slave to the Lord. And really what it's getting at is, hey, be controlled by God. Be controlled by the Lord. In other words, use, uh, let yourself be a, a loving and a willing sacrifice, totally open to whatever God is going to say for you to do, and be willing to go and do it to serve Him, to love Him, to be controlled by Him. The world would want you to believe that the good life is found in freedom and autonomy from every other thing but what scripture tells us is that the good life is found that freedom is found when you give up your control to jesus that you get freedom when you give up your control to him when you say this is lord i'm up for whatever you want i'll say yes to whatever you say and you give up your control because let's let's be honest how often have we taken control taken the reins from god and try to control our own lives. And, and how has that gone for us? For me, not good. Not good. It's not gone well. And, and, and so Paul is inviting us to be not lazy in our faith. But to be passionately aware that the Spirit of God is with us. And to give Him control. And he goes on in verse 12. He says this. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. Rejoice in hope. If we are more aware of God being with us each and every day, then you know what we'll do? We'll be more reminded of the hope that we have in Him. In the face of all the stuff that this world is throwing at us and all the the developments that are happening, the things that we worry about, the things that we worry about the future, uh, all those things uh, are, are objects that we could put our hope in. And again, we are being formed by any person we pay attention to. Any person we're around, anything we pay attention to, we are being formed by that. And, and there's a reason why um, the, the shows we watch, the people we pay attention to, 
that they're all filled with sensationalism. You understand, like, why, why are all the reality shows and regular shows that we watch filled with emotionally unstable people? That's the characters, right? You can get a reality show by, by being a, a holistically healthy person. Why? It's boring, you know? No, no excitement happening. No drama. And so what do we start to believe that, well, that's just normal. Fly off the wall. Be insanely afraid and, and frustrated and, and angry. That's just normal. And we, we have plenty of people who will try and capture you by pulling at your heartstrings the fear and the anger that you have deep inside of you that can be tapped into so that they can hijack that for their own ends. And so in, in contrast to that, Paul is reminding us that we have a hope that is far greater than anything that happens in this world. Anything. That, that, that Jesus is actually alive. That he came and he is the king and he showed us what the kingdom of God is going to be like. No more pain, no more tears, no more sin, no more shame, no more guilt. And he has given us as his people the ability to be made new, to be reborn. And now that if we surrender to him, we can have life abundantly now and for eternity. That one day we will be able to enjoy his presence, but right now we are still enjoying his presence. We don't have to wait for someday when, but it's right now. And we can be used by him to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And we can be the ones who make a difference in our spheres of influence right here and now. And we can be the people who, in the face of people living frantically afraid, we can be the people who have sure hope. And you know what is going to be most attractive to people? Is not you getting so frustrated and fixated on political talking points, but what is going to be so much more uh, attractive to people is you being fixated and focused on the gospel of Jesus. Because he has hope that will not be taken away. He is the one who doesn't change. He is the one who has all power in his hands. He is the one who deserves your full allegiance. And yes, we can engage in all these things and be focused and pay attention But at the end of the day, we need to rejoice in the hope that we have. Don't live in fear. Live with hope that Jesus is still king. He's saying rejoice in hope. Rejoice in hope. Remind yourself that God's with me. And when I remind myself that God is with me, I know that I'm not alone. And I know that what I see is not the end of the story. And I know that there is more at work to be done because not only is God with me, but he's in the space between me and you. Doing things that he wants. To do and working on people's hearts and that all is not lost but we are headed toward an amazing reality as the kingdom of God continues to push against the kingdom of darkness so don't lose heart rejoice in hope if you find yourself depleted ask yourself what am I fueled by if you find yourself depleted, what's, what's fueling you? What's fueling you? Is it people's opinions? Are you fueled by that? Or God's presence? Are you fueled by political talking points? Or are you fuel, fueled by the hope of the kingdom of God? Are you fueled by what you see? Or are you fueled by what God knows? What fuels you? And if you're feeling depleted, then maybe the fuel you're taking, that you're looking to to fill you, 
is not adequate. Because the only fuel that's adequate that we can function correctly on is the presence of God. He's the 93 octane. And we're over here trying to fill up with diesel when we weren't designed for it. Some of y'all got that. Some of you are lost. That's fine. Somebody will tell you. See, what does he say? Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. If we are rejoicing in hope and we are aware of God's presence with us, then when affliction comes, we can be patient in it because we know that in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this mess, God is with me. God is with me. See, what the good life is... Uh, is that we learn from the afflictions we go through and we stay patient in it because in the patience we learn something. But what the world would tell you the good life is, is living a life free of affliction. But guess what? There is no, no such thing as a life free of affliction. But what we often do, instead of being patient in affliction, and I speak from experience, instead of being patient in affliction, we try to go the expedient route. We try and do a shortcut. And you know what a shortcut does when we're faced with a trial? It only prolongs the suffering, and it robs us of an opportunity to learn from it. When we try to numb ourselves, when we try to escape from it, when we try to ignore it, when we put our, our face in the sand, it, we, we, we lost the opportunity to learn from the trouble. And so he's saying, be patient in affliction. There will be affliction. There will be pain. There will be suffering. But you can be patient in it. Why? Because God is with you, and you are rejoicing in the hope that you have, not in the things that you see. And if we are being patient in affliction, we are aware of God's presence, then we will be persistent in prayer. Persistent in prayer. Um, Why? Because if you are always, like me, uh, struggling with being aware of God's presence and not, and aware of God's presence is like a luau, you know, it's like that. Uh, and, And if we are not aware of his presence, we won't try to talk to him. Why? Because it won't be on our mind. We won't be paying attention. But what he's encouraging us to do is to be passionately aware that God is with me. Verse 13, he goes on. He says, share with the saints and their needs. Pursue hospitality. So let's read it all again. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints and their needs. Pursue hospitality. Here's what I know. When I and when you are more aware of God's presence with us, we are able to serve people better. Why? Because if we're feeling depleted, because we're going to something, the wrong thing to be fueled and filled, uh, we won't be filled enough to pour out. And if we are too weary and we are not focused on the hope that we have in Jesus, but we're weary about the world, we're going to be weary of people too. And we're not going to be willing to go and love them. And so what Paul is inviting us to is to have our interior world shaped by the presence of God, to have our hope fixated on Jesus, and for us to live a purposeful lives instead of living in isolated lives. And what does he say? Share with the saints in their needs, and then what? Pursue hospitality. Pursue it. If you've not been spending time with people, you've got to pursue people. Um, too many of us, we think, oh, no one's reaching out. Well, then no one wants to spend time with me. That's not true. Uh, what, what you need to do is just 
take it upon yourself to go and pursue people. Invite them to your house. Invite them to coffee. Invite them to your life. And enjoy the time with them. And share with the needs of the saints when you see a need. See, instead of being weary and depleted, instead of being isolated, he's calling us to be full and hopeful and purposeful because our purpose is being ones who enjoy the presence of God and then go out and take that passion and put, pursue a purpose of helping and loving other people. That's what God has called us to do. So if you find yourself feeling depleted, feeling weary, feeling isolated, I just invite you to consider that maybe the space between depleted, weary, and isolated and full, hopeful, and purposeful, the space between there, the steps that you need to take to get to the one, from one to the other is a greater awareness of the presence of God in your life right now. I, I, this is a reminder for all of us. And I hope you repeat it to yourself on the daily multiple times. God is with me. And that changes everything about today. God is with me, and that changes everything about today. God is with me. Imagine, think about it. What would, how, would your, how would your day be if you just repeatedly, you made it a point to remind yourself that God is with me? Think about it. In the middle of the night when the kids won't sleep, you're barely awake. God is with me. Give you that strength. When you wake up, and you don't want to wake up, you just want to go to sleep. But you got to start getting ready. You remind yourself, God is with me. Getting dressed for the day, getting ready, getting your breakfast made, God is with me. Lord, thank you for this food that I'm taking into my body to give me energy. Please remind me of your presence. When you're opening up the scriptures and, and, and reading and, and enjoying his presence with you in that moment where he's speaking to you from his word, God is with me. How many of us, we read the Bible and we forgot to invite God into the situation? He's already there, but maybe our awareness wasn't hype, heightened enough for us to actually see that these aren't just words on a page. They're words of our father showing us how much he cares. When you're on your way to work and you don't want to be on your way to work, God is with me. What are you, what are you consuming? What are you filling your mind with on your way to your day, on your way to your work? Is it, is it stuff that's helping or is it stuff that's hurting? Remind yourself, God is with me. When you're at work and you're dealing with a difficult uh, customer and they are maybe cussing you out or maybe they are getting really irritated with you, you remind yourself, God is with me. When, when the day is not going the way that you want it to go, God is with me. When you're on your lunch break and uh, that coworker that you didn't want to share lunch with walks into the break room and sits down right next to you, God is with me. When you're at work and you're doing all the tasks that you need to do, God is with me. When you're at home doing the chores that you need to do, you're working on the laundry, you're working on just keeping the household afloat and keeping kids alive, God is with me. When you're on your way back home or when you're on your way to run some errands, God is with me. When that person tries to cut you off, God is with me. 
When you're sitting down to enjoy dinner with your family, God is with me. He's in this place. He's in this space. And I'm living in light of that. I'm living with awareness. When you're playing with your kids, God is with me. When you have your grandkids over, God is with me. He's in the space. When you're trying to figure out what you're going to watch on Netflix, God is with me. When you're being confronted with something that's really taken away your hope, God is with me. You see, there's there's still a battle here. The battle's not done just because the series is done. This takes intentionality. When you're about to lay your head down to go to sleep and you're recounting the day, God is with me. How would that change your day if we just reminded ourselves that God is with me that I'm not alone? He's the one who will never leave me nor forsake me. That even though I'm going through the crap of the day, he's going to work out all things for good for those who call, who love him and are called according to his purposes. When you're faced with a difficult situation, an impossible situation, you remind yourself that God's with you. When you find yourself weary, heartbroken, frustrated, not knowing where to turn, God is with me. I think that would change everything. There was a, a monk in the 17th century named Brother Lawrence, and this was his life mission. He called it practicing the presence of God. Uh, and what he would do is just simply focus and fixate on the Lord all throughout the day doing all the stuff he did. Now, you think about a monk, like, you know, maybe that's a real glamorous life, you know. I don't know. I don't know what you think of when you think about a monk. Um, maybe hitting themselves in the head. I don't know. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. That's funny. Um, he would be doing dishes and just remind himself of God's presence. Practicing the presence of God. See, God is always with us, but are we always aware of it? Whatever gap we need to fill, there's usually a big gap. And he just saw it as his life mission to always uh, remind himself that God is with him in that moment. And so he's constantly, all day, having a conversation with the Lord. And you know what is true? Is that when you are enjoying the presence of God, your presence with people will be a present to them. It'll change things. Because you will have been someone who has been with Jesus. And that will change everything. So he's got a small book called Practicing the Presence of God. But I, I just encourage you um, to step into that space that maybe this week, maybe you could just make it a point to try to remind yourself of the presence of God with you every single day. God is with me. And that changes everything about today. Some people call it contemplative prayer, where you just are silent before the Lord. And you don't have to say anything. You just you don't bring your, your to-do list that you have for God, you know, your prayer list. Um, but you just bring yourself to him and open yourself to him and say, God, thank you for being with me. And you enjoy his presence. You slow down. We, have, we live in a frantic, busy, crazy world. We need to be like Jesus, who, as the crowds were pressing in on him, he had times where he would get away to pray, to be with his Father. We need that too, on a regular basis, every single day. God is with me. That changes everything about today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us and caring for us and giving us comfort by the Holy Spirit, giving us guidance by the Holy Spirit, showing us what we are to do, but even more than that, showing us who we are and whose we are. 
Father, for a lot of us, um, living in light of your presence is a nice idea and it's a truth that we know about, but it just seems sometimes so foreign. Lord, please encourage us and by your Holy Spirit, empower us to remind ourselves that you are with us and remind us. And Father, for the person and the people maybe here today or on the stream um, who are feeling depleted, feeling like they've just got nothing else to give, just feeling overwhelmed and tired. For those who are feeling weary and and burdened and, and just not sure what the future holds, those of us who are feeling isolated and alone, God, would you please show us that you are with us and that we can enjoy a life that is full, full of your presence, full of your hope, that we can be hopeful people, full of hope, and that we can be purposeful, that we can make a difference. We really can, a little old us on this corner of the earth that you've put us on, that we have a part to play in what you're doing. Lord, help us to be present with you more today than we were yesterday because we know that you're with us all day. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.